Let's look at John chapter 4. I want to talk to you about another title for Jesus that we don't often use. Jesus, the missionary. Jesus is the perfect example of a missionary. A missionary is someone who is called by God, who is sent, who takes the good news of what God has done in giving His Son to the world. Amen? Amen. And in, the, in John chapter 4, we have a great story of Jesus going as a missionary to people that needed the good news of Jesus. Amen? So let's look at this text. Therefore, when the Lord, or in verse 1, chapter 4 of John, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Now look at verse 4, if you have your Bibles. But he needed to go through Samaria. Everybody say needed. needed. Why did Jesus need to go to Samaria? Because there were people that hadn't heard. They hadn't heard about Christ. They hadn't heard that God loved them. And that Jesus came to save them. And I love the fact that Jesus, he said, I need to go. Church, there should be that need in every one of our hearts that we recognize there are people that need to hear about Jesus. And I'm excited because that's why I'm going to Pakistan. Because this church came together, we raised money to make this trip possible because people in Pakistan need to hear about Jesus. Just like Jesus needed to go to Samaria. Now the Samaritans were people that were looked down at by Jewish people. Kids, that's called prejudice. And that's not godly. Amen? They looked down at these people because they weren't just like them. And people do that today. Right? Sometimes people will look down at another person because their skin's a different shade. They'll look down at people because sometimes they don't have as much money. They're not in the same social class. They'll look down at them because they come from a different country. Maybe they speak a different language. And prejudice fills our world. But Jesus, He stands against that. And He recognized. Now the, the Samaritans were people that didn't live too far away, but they were looked down upon. They, they didn't, the Jewish people didn't like them. They kind of turned their nose up at them. Everybody, everybody turn your nose up. Some of you didn't do it. <laughs> People today still do that, don't they? If they don't like someone, they'll... 
And Jesus came to everyone. He knew the Samaritans. The Samaritans were different because the Assyrians, about 200 years before Jesus, came and conquered all the people in that area. And the Jews in that area began to intermarry. And so some of them, had, they had descendants that were Assyrian and also Jewish. And most of us today would fit in that category. Somewhere back in our line, very few of us are just one nationality today. But the Jewish people mistreated and looked down at the Samaritans. Do you think that's right? No. But Jesus loved the Samaritans. Right? He said, I need to go over there. They need to know about Jesus. They need to know me. So Jesus went to the Samaritans. And I pray as you grow up that you never let prejudice in your heart. Because Jesus loves everybody in the whole world. It doesn't matter what shade their skin is, what language they speak, if they look a little different than you, if, if they don't have any money or if they have a lot of money. Jesus came for the whole world, didn't He? Amen? Are you staying with me, adults? I know the kids are with me. <laughs> I want us to look at... Uh, Another verse, and it's verse 6 in this story. Now Jesus went to the Samaritans and he met a woman that was at a well. Now in these days, they, they would dig a hole in the ground and they would dig it real deep until they hit water. And then they would take a rope with a bucket and they would lower the bucket down into the well and they would draw the water and they would pull the rope back up and that's how they would get water. And Jesus comes to Samaria and he comes to this well. He comes to a woman and, and listen to this, this in verse 6. It says, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, set thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. That means it was noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me drink. And she understood this was kind of strange because a Jew, Jewish man wasn't supposed to talk to Samaritans. And a Jewish man wasn't supposed to talk to a woman. In this day, women were considered second class citizens. And you know, some parts of the world they still do. But you know what? Jesus never thinks that women are inferior. In fact, God's Word says there's neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. God has a plan for the boys and God has a plan for the girls. And He says, I love you both and I want my plan for your life to come to pass. Amen? So not only does Jesus break the barriers of other races or other groups of people around the world saying, I love you all, he breaks down the barrier between men and women. 
Christianity is the greatest thing that happened for women's rights. Amen? It is. Let's look at verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. The disciples didn't understand how important it was for Jesus to talk to the Samaritan people. They were thinking about their tummies. How many are thinking about your tummy right now because I gave you candy? All the adults are going, I wish I got candy. But Jesus said there's something more important than going hungry. It's to do my Father's will. Let's look at verse 9. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She knew that this wasn't proper. But Jesus wasn't worried about what his culture said was proper. He was worried about what God wanted him to do. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans, she said. Then Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus is talking spiritually. Now he's using the water that that she would draw up from the well, and he's talking about spiritual water, living water. That when we accept Christ into our hearts and into our lives, that we have eternal life because of Him. That living water. Now the woman said to Him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. He's talking about real water. All of us, you know, I had a, a bottle of water right before church because I, I, I knew I was going to be speaking and so I needed to have some water. But you know what? As soon as I get through church, I'm going to want some more water. But look at verse 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. This is such a great truth that Jesus is telling us. He's saying when we come to him, he's going to give us spiritual water. That when we drink of that spiritual water, we'll never thirst thirst again. In other words, Jesus will answer all the questions that we have in life. He is the answer. How many of you kids would like to have that spiritual water from Jesus if you've never had it before? Would you like that? Jesus wants us to have that. Then verse 15, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well spoken, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one who you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. 
The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem it's the place where you ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour's coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. It's interesting in this story, Jesus, he, he confronts this woman and lets her know that he knows everything about her life. Everything. He knew that she had had five husbands and that she was living with a man now that wasn't her husband. And kids, we need to understand Jesus knows everything about us. There's nothing we can hide from Him. You may be able to hide from your parents some things. I had a little granddaughter when she was three years old. Misha was looking all over the house for her. And she couldn't find her. And finally she went to the kitchen and opened up the, the, the pantry door. And there was McKenna. And she had a chocolate bar that was this big. And she had already eaten about half of it. And she hid that from her mom for a while. But you know what? Jesus is always watching us. And He's looking at us with eyes of love. And Jesus knows when we mess up. Right? We can't hide that from Him. But notice how kind He was to this woman. He told her that there had been some problems in her life. He let her know that He knew about that. But He didn't condemn her. He didn't uh, talk bad about her or talk down to her. He just let her know that He knew all the heartaches in her life and the pain that she had gone through. And Jesus was there for her. And she had an encounter with Jesus. And guess what? After she has that encounter with Jesus, she runs into town and she begins to tell everyone that this man knows everything about me. Could he be the Christ? Could he be the anointed one of God? And people start believing in Jesus. This woman was the first evangelist or missionary other than Jesus to her people. A woman. And people were coming to Jesus because of this one woman who had had an encounter with Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I want an encounter with Jesus. So that when I go to Pakistan, people will know, Jesus changed my life. And I pray that every kid here today would realize that just as the Heavenly Father sent Jesus to this world and sent Him to the Sumerian people, that Jesus sends us to share the good news. He wants you to share the good news at school with your friends, with your family. He wants everyone to know 
how much he loves them and cares for them and that he went to the cross and he died on the cross for our sins. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Jesus wants us, he illustrates what a missionary is. I like that amen, by the way. Jesus wants us to be missionaries. And I am so excited and overwhelmed. When I was a little boy, I gave my heart to Jesus and I told him I'd do whatever he wanted me to do. And as I grew, I felt a call to become a pastor. And when I became a pastor, I told the Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go and I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll pastor whatever church you want me to pastor. But I said, Lord, work in me and make me the man of God that I'm just as good a man of God that I could pastor thousands. And one of my prayers throughout the years is, Lord, God's taken me to some tiny little places. Most of the time we've been in Alaska. Has anybody ever heard of Wrangell? Wrangell's in southeast Alaska. There's about 2,000 people in Wrangell on a good day. It rains all the time. Every day almost. It's beautiful when the sun shines, but it's very rare the sun shines. But I went to Wrangell and I pastored in Wrangell. Why? Because those people needed Jesus. But throughout the years, when I've been in small isolated places pastoring, I've always had a heart I said, Lord, someday I want to go somewhere and I want to preach to thousands and I want to see them come to Jesus. And two years ago, Sarah Mahalski, and she's going to be here in a couple of weeks, she came and she was praying for me and she said, I believe the Lord's laid on my heart that He's going to open a door for you to go to other nations and that there's going to be a great harvest. So So going to Pakistan is a fulfillment of a dream that God put in my heart a long time ago. And this congregation sacrificed to make it happen. Just like Jesus said, I needed to go. I feel like I need to go to Pakistan. And tell people about the love of God. There is a Savior. It's the fifth largest country in the world population-wise. They have huge cities, and we're going to be in three different cities. And we're going to do conferences. I'm going to do several pastors' conferences, a youth conference. I'm going to do several crusades with the other pastors. And on the 8th and 9th, I especially want prayers because I'm going to be all alone in another city. 
And I'm going to be doing a pastor's conference, a youth conference, and two crusades all in two days. In these, in these uh, crusades, there's going to be anywhere from four or 5,000 to 15,000. In the conferences, there's going to be like 400 pastors. And so I need prayer. But what I want us all to understand today, you may never go to Pakistan. God may not call you to do that. But I'm praying that our church will have more of a mission's heart like Jesus than we've ever had before. The mission, the mission is across the street. The mission's in your school. It's in your workplace. There's people that need Jesus just like the Samaritans or the Pakistanis, but there's people right here in Wasilla that need to know the love and the life of Jesus. And I want you to have that missionary heart and you to not be like the disciples. The disciples were going, oh, I'm hungry. Let's go find food. Oh, Jesus is staying there. What's funny, the, the disciples come back and Jesus is talking to this woman and they really don't address it. They don't say anything about it. Either they really didn't care or they were afraid because they knew they had messed up. Jesus said, I needed to go here. He's talking to someone, encountering them, seeing their lives forever changed. He's impacting this, this new nation, the Samaritans, that hadn't been impacted with the gospel before. And here's the disciples. I'm hungry. Food. Food. Where's the food? Church, there's some things that are more important than food, and that's what Jesus tells them. My food is to do the will of the Father. Amen? It's to do the will of the Father. And since the kids are in here, I want to do something special today. I want all the kids, if you can, to come down here and join me. And Pastor Rachel can come too. Rachel, Rachel, grab the mic. Awesome. Oh, okay. I want, we got some more. Come on down, We're, we'll wait on you. Is that all the kids that want to come? If they don't want to come, don't force them, but... There's two things I want, to do, want us to do. I want, I want to pray for all of our kids because the 11th chapter of Hebrews is very pointed. It equates two men praying for their children and grandchildren along with Noah building the ark, or Moses leading Israel out of Egypt. So it's a great act of faith to bless your children. It makes a difference in their future. So I want you to join me and we're going to pray for the kids first of all. Will you do that? Father, we thank you for our, our children here today.
Lord, we bless them in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that they would grow and mature, that they would be mighty men and women of God, that they would live for you all the days of their lives. And Lord, if they don't know you, we pray, Lord, that today they would say yes to Jesus, that they would know you as their Lord and Savior, and Lord, that they would know that they have eternal life with you. Lord, we praise you and thank you for each one of them. And we bless them today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, kids, I want you to pray now. Okay? Okay. And what I want you to do, Pastor Rachel's going to lead you in prayer. And I want you to pray for me because y'all are sending me to Pakistan and to tell people about Jesus. So everybody come and gather around me a big huddle. I'm going to be gone two weeks. Two weeks. So Pastor Rachel, come. Okay. Okay. Everybody. Okay, everybody, join Pastor Rachel and let's, let's pray, okay? Bow your heads. Pakistani people too. Bow your heads. Close your eyes, everybody. Thank you. All right. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for. Oh. Is it working? Okay. Testing. His Maybe not. Oh, there it there is. It okay. Is. All right. So you guys can bow your heads, close your eyes, and then y'all can just repeat after me, okay? All right. Dear Jesus. Thank you for Pastor Milt. Thank you for sending him to Pakistan to preach the gospel. I ask that you would protect him, keep him safe, and I pray that through Pastor Milt, people would be saved. And healed, and that lives would be changed. We pray that you would bring him back safe, and we would get to hear all of the cool stories of what you did in Pakistan. In Jesus' name, and everybody says.